0: seated, please. Good morning, church. Let this, as we think of the the hymn that was sung, sing and be happy, let this day be that day for us where uh, we do rejoice. And this morning, I'd encourage you to ensure that uh, we uh, greet those whom you haven't greeted today. Right, so you get the first group in the morning, uh, maybe at Bible class or between Bible class, and then try to get the second group after worship, especially our visitors. Welcome our visitors, we thank you for being here today. Let's go together to God in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for this amazing day that you've given to us, this amazing opportunity to assemble, to worship you, and we pray, Lord God, that our worship will and has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We're thankful, Lord God, that we are able to to lift uh, you up in, in song and pray, Lord God, that you'll be always in our hearts and on our minds. And as we worship you this morning, please help us to rid our minds of worldly thought and focus only on you, on your word, your will, and your way. Thank you for Jesus, your great son who died, that we might live. It's in his magnificent, most awesome, holy, and precious name that we pray these things, for be thy will. Amen. This morning we want to uh, discuss spiritual alignment, so the eternal perspective of the last couple of weeks and now our spiritual goals or our spiritual alignment and how important and how critical that is. So through the scriptures, uh, God gives us guidance on establishing spiritual goals that will take us deeper into this relationship that we have with Him. And one might even say a meaningful or maybe a more meaningful relationship with Him. And so spiritual goals or spiritual alignment is critical to uh, give us clarity uh, in our understanding, in our relationship, and in our walk of faith. Jesus kind of just says it like this in Matthew 6 and verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God. So when you think about spiritual alignment or spiritual goals, the very first thing that must be there is the aligning of our minds and our hearts with Jesus, where he says, seek the kingdom first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then God will take care of the rest. And that's critical in our relationship with God. But here's a question, Second Timothy, please, chapter 3. How can you align your your life and your plans with God if you don't know what God says, right? I mean, you know, folks have a great idea about aligning my life with God and here's where I am in my walk of faith and here's what I, I think I ought to do and here's where I, I think we ought to be. But if it's not in accordance with the Scriptures, you're going in the wrong direction. It has to be aligned with God. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable. For, for teaching, for reproof, for correction. And that's what we need sometimes when our, when our alignment isn't proper, when our, when our goals are set in an improper way, or when we're living a life that's ungodly or contrary to the will of God. God's Word will help us, but you gotta know what God says. God's Word is good for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness. So that, right? That the man of God, may be adequate and equipped for every good work of God. And so, so there has to be this, this, this focus on what is the will of God. Romans, Romans chapter 12. But how do you know what the will of God is if you don't read the word of God? This, isn't, uh, this relationship is not about feelings, right? It's not that, look, spirituality is not about feel good. It's about obedience to God. As a result of that obedience to God and submission and humility, you will feel good. I'm going to talk more about that in just, in just a moment. You will feel great inside. To be aligned with Jesus is the greatest mental blessing you will ever have. To be aligned with God. We have to allow the scriptures to, to guide us, right, in our walk of, of faith. Romans 12, there's the, the beseeching, the urging. I, I beseech you, I, I urge you, verse 1, by the, by the mercies of God. So, I, I urge you, or I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies. Of, why is he begging us? Why is he urging us? Why is he so insistent on this verse? I, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, I present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your some version will say reasonable your spiritual service of worship. I urge you. I'm, I'm, I'm here's what I need you to do. So, spiritual alignment, verse two. Do not be conformed to the world. Right? What happens sometimes in, a, in a people's walk of faith? We make the mistake of trying to bring worldliness in so that we fit in with the world. But what we're supposed to do is to make sure that the world fits in with us. We're the leaders, if you will, in the world of religion and the idea of spiritual relationships with the Lord as we follow Christ. So he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by this renewal, right? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove the will of God, that it, which is good and acceptable and perfect. What does God say? You have to know what God says in order to be spiritually aligned with him. Philippians chapter 3. I've heard it said in thought, sometimes in the minds of some, you know, no, just kind of go with your heart and go with the way you feel. And you know, the Bible's totally against that. You know, the Bible says, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28 and verse 26. And how many mistakes have we made over life? It's not about, it's not about us. It's about what does thus say at the Lord? I want to be spiritually aligned with you, Lord. And then God says, are you willing to do what I tell you to do the way I tell you to do it? And the answer has to be yes, if I'm going to be spiritually aligned with God. Let's think about this for just a moment. Spiritual goals should fall into the mental state, in my opinion, of passion. I'm not not saying, when I say passion, I mean use that word that, you know, very, be flexible with that word. But it's got to be something that you want to do. Passion causes us to, to do something. That's what God says, that I want you to go do something for me. Go do my work, right? Not stand and look in the mirror and then forget what manner of man you are, but rather, I want you to, to believe in me, but faith without works is dead. I need you to do those things. So, so passion is, is important. In verse 13 of Philippians chapter, chapter 3, Brethren, I do not regard myself as laying hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I, I'm moving, right? I, I know that there's sometimes there are things in our lives that, that, you know, want to hold us back. And God says, no, don't let those things hold you back. Set those things aside. I've forgiven you of those things. Move forward with the Lord. Stay aligned, though, as you move forward. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. Keep your focus in the right place. The focus has to be on God, right? The ultimate goal is God, right? The ultimate goal is heaven for us. The ultimate goal is, how is my relationship with the Lord? And God says this in verse 1 of Colossians chapter 3, If then you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, and set your mind on the things above. Not on the things that are on the earth, and that's where the confusion comes. Right where if we begin to align our relationship with the Lord based on things on the earth, we, we miss the mark. Right, we miss the mark. Hebrews chapter chapter eleven will miss the mark because we're thinking about human things in human ways, but we have to be thinking about spiritual things, spiritually appraised things in a way that brings glory and honor. God I'm going to talk about it in just a moment but allow me just to introduce the topic in this way now Hebrews chapter 11 that that spiritual focus has to be there listen to these the hero of faith or heroes of faith in, but I want to look at verse 13 through verse thir- verse 16 listen all these died in faith without receiving the promises but, having seen them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth isn 't that interesting they weren 't aligned with with fleshly and physical things they, they were aligned, fixated, and focused on God and heaven they they felt like they made it clear they were strangers and aliens. On this place or on this planet. They confessed it. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desired a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and for he has prepared a city for them they're better things church so it doesn't matter what happens on the earth it doesn't matter what happens in the country it doesn't matter what happens in the earth what matters is God and our relationship with him our focus has to be heavenly it has to be heavenly to exist spiritually in this land if it's not we're going to have a really difficult time walking the walk of faith and living for Jesus. Because it worries so much about the fleshly things and people that we miss out on the relationship with the one who only matters. So here's some things that I would like to just suggest when we're thinking about spiritual alignment. I, I talked to a- an elder um, one of the one of the nicest I tell you what he was an amazing elder um he really was he was in Springfield Missouri and I'll never forget him anyway um we talked a lot about a lot of things and um we t- we talked about, about this is a congregation by the way they they you know they grew congregations and and then they planted another church a family and they would you know grow their congregation and, and plant another they did that five times you know <laughs> like wow but what are you all doing? You know, what is there, is there some great you know plan? Is there? I was. I said no, no. We don't really have a lot of great plans. Um, we just we just practice kindness. We're we're kind. We try to be really kind people. And so the people we know in our in our community or, or our jobs and we 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 try to be what what Jesus would be. We're just we just kind. And and that's where we try to align our, our lives. And, and in Ephesians four thirty two, it's you know, it, that verse, you know, be, be be kind to one another, you know, be 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 tender hearted. Forgiving each other in Christ as God has forgiven you. It's that idea of being kind to one another. And then the kindness is not based on the activity of someone else. It's, it's forgiving others and being kind to others as God has been kind to us. That's a lot of kindness, right? That that includes being kind to my to my enemy. And so so he said we just we're just kind in our community and, and people recognize kindness, especially in our world today, right? We're in a pretty hateful world, aren't we? Kindness. And we're, and we're gentle and we just, and we exemplify Christ in that way. And well, all right, so uh, that's, that's, I want to talk to you some more about that. And why is that a difficult topic? Turn to Matthew chapter 5. Why do I need to talk to him more about kindness? <laughs> Not that I was asking for instruction. I'm, okay, well, what is that I mean, I think I'm kind, maybe, some, some, sometimes. How about you? Even in those difficult situations, they practice kindness. And they made sure that the world saw their kindness toward each other. You know, this crazy bunch of people who love God, so kind to each other, just full of love and compassion. That's... They'll know you are Christians by your love for each other, for the world. But when we're out there in the in the political world, or when we're out there expressing our opinions, and I think we are. And we we don't always act so kind. Right? Jesus, Jesus tells you know Matthew five. It's just the simple stuff, right? You you are. The world is bland, is what he's saying. You know, you, you take the white of an egg and you eat it with the, without any salt, you separate it from the yolk, and you know what I mean it's bland, there's no taste to it, right? You add some salt to it, that's flavor. It, it, oh, you 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 add the yolk to it and it, it's flavorable. That's what you are. Right? You're the flavor to a bland world. And don't lose your salt. <laughs> don't don't lose your saltiness. And so Jesus says, you are the salt, Matthew 5, verse 13, of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. What? Be, be, be the it. You, you, are, you are the it. That, that's what you are. You're you're the it. The world needs us. They need us to give a different light or shed a different light on a situation, right? Looking at things from a heavenly perspective. You are the salt of the earth. You're the one that has the answers. And the answer is always Jesus. You're it. You know, if that's all you're focusing on is this world and this life, sir, ma'am. You know, your focus is in the wrong place. I'm focused on heaven. You know, the, the, the bad stuff we're going through right now, don't worry. That too will fade. It will go away. But I'm focused on a better place. Those heroes of faith were seeking a city, but not on earth. A heavenly one. You are the light of the world. A city set on a, a, city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So the light of the world, think about that. God is saying it's a bland world and it's a dark world, but you're the light. You're the thing that everyone looks for in the darkness. You know, when, I, when our lights go out, our power goes out, you know, at, in the middle of the night, and you need to get, you, you find a flashlight, you find a light, you're it. You, we are the it. You are the it that the world is looking for. No do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. And so in his own way, he's saying, stay salty, not the way we use the word salty, you know, from a spiritual perspective, right? Stay salty and keep your light out so everyone can see it. And I know it's not about showmanship. I'm not saying that the Bible's not saying showmanship, but it certainly is boasting about our relationship with the Lord. If we're going to be aligned with God, we've got to do it God's way. God says, look, let your light shine. Let them see you. A reflection of Jesus. And when they see it, they'll recognize it. They may not respond right away, but they'll see it every day at work. They they see it in your homes. They, They see it with people you interact with. And one day they'll ask the question, what is it that's different about you? Something uniquely different. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's what that's what God says. Now, now let's let's talk about kindness again. Matthew, Luke chapter Luke chapter six. Doing kindness or acting in a kind way or participating in kindness, the way Jesus says it, is doing it without expecting anything in return. No reward's going to come back to you, right? no, no one's going to you know you're not going to get a bigger. T- you it's it's being like Jesus. Don't expect anything in return. Do it because God wants us to be obedient. Do it because that's the way Jesus did it. Do it because that's the way God would have done it. But love, verse 35, but love your enemies. Yeah, <laughs> them too, right? Love your enemies. Do good and and lend expecting nothing in return and reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High for he himself is kind, ungrateful, and evil men. I want to be aligned with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, okay, well, uh, I need you to go over there and forgive your enemy. What? No. Do you know what he did to me, Lord? Do you know what, he, what they said to me? Do you know how she yeah, I know, but I need you to love your enemy. But Lord, you, you, I know. A- am I going to be aligned with Jesus, or am I just am I just aligned with myself? Someone said, "Well, you know, acting kind, for example, holding the door." I mean, that's that's kind of gone by the wayside, hasn't it? You know, you're going into a building and you're in a rush. I know we have those electric, you know, doors, but, you know, motion doors, but there are doors still that you have to literally reach your, you know, and hold a door for someone. Open a door for someone, right? And hold it. And yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Good. Just kindness. Things that we would have said back in the day, these are, this is showing a level of respect. How about this one? uh please that's that word you know, please, and then the other one thank you you know you use our pleases and our thank yous and and when you're sitting down at a, at a restaurant and you're eating, and the waiter comes, make them feel like they're the best person in the world. Thank you for doing that for me, thank you, I appreciate that, thank you for bringing me another glass of water thank you for thank you for serving, thank you, use our, our pleases and our and our thank stand out, right you might even say stand up and and be counted, but be polite. Someone said, well, these are just good old southern hospitalities. No, they're not. They're Christian. They're Christian hospitalities. It's what God asks us to do, to be genuinely, kindness, and demonstrate the fact that you really love your life that Jesus gave you. You, may have, you know, there are some things in my life that I don't necessarily like, but I love the life that Jesus gave me. How about you? I'm thankful for the life that what God made me. Thank you, God, for making me what you made me. Thank you, God, because there's a plan, and I want to be aligned with your plan. So in order to be aligned with your plan, I've got to find a way to be grateful to God for what he has done for me. And so that makes me happy. You see, when you're aligned with Jesus, you're happy because you're thankful that God has made you what he wanted you to be and put you in the church where he wanted you so you can do whatever he wants you to do. Thank you, God. Psalm 37. Just to be aligned with Jesus, it will make you happy. See, we've done it backwards. Instead, we, we try to find happiness first, and then we try to figure out how to make Jesus fit in. That's not how it works. Align your life with Jesus, and Jesus will give you happiness. Happiness doesn't mean that you're not going to have troubles and struggles in this life. But he says, I give you a peace. I'm going to give you a peace of mind, a peace that the world doesn't give. It's it's a peace of mind even in the midst of chaos. Only only Jesus can do that. You know what we have to do? We have to trust God that this is going to work. Psalm 37 verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and and cultivate, I love that word, right, cultivate faithfulness. So you got to go do it, you know, study on farming and cultivating and, you know, cultivate, you got to work it up, you know, work the soil up and treat the soil and work on your heart, right, cultivate it. You know, stir your heart up in a way that that, that makes it say, Hey, I need to rethink life. Is Jesus truly my all? Am I aligned with Jesus or am I off of the line? And what did he say about that? Enter by the narrow. Right? That's the line. It's a narrow gate. The the bright the broad one is you know, it's easy. You don't have to do anything. You just you can stumble on that one. But this one is very specific. It's very pointed. It's it's what God wants and expects of us. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noon day. That's what, what God does. Well, wait a minute. But you've got to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. And you say, okay, all right, God's going to give me the desires of my heart, and so I really want this car, and so that, no, you got the wrong alignment. The desire of your heart should be to go to heaven. The desire of your heart should be one with God. That should be your desire. The desire of your heart is to, should be to lead your family to heaven. The desire of your heart should be to lead others to heaven. The desire of your heart should be all about heaven and all about God, right? And then that's going to bring peace in your mind, right? Because there's this relationship with God and uh, I don't know, maybe I'm just preaching. Proverbs chapter 3. Do do you trust Him? Do I trust God? Do I trust what God says is true? Do I trust Him? Proverbs 3, beginning at verse 3. Do not let kindness and truth leave you Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Be kind. (laughs) That's how we... that's a part of spreading the gospel. Be be kind and be honest. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. No, 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 God. Look, like, I want my path to be straight, and then when I get around to it, I'll acknowledge it. No, that's not how it works. It put God first, and then everything else works out. You say, well, wait, I, I still don't have, it's not about what you have physically. It's about your spiritual alignment with God and your relationship and where you're going. It's the city that you're seeking after. If you're seeking after a city on earth, that's not the goal church the goal is the city of heaven even Jesus said I go prepare a place for you spiritual alignment do not be wise in your own estimation in your own eyes fear the Lord turn away from evil it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your to your bones well that's a lot right that the doctors come up here and talk about bone marrow and blood and about that right honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce so you have your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine my son do not reject the discipline of the Lord or the love his reproof for whom the Lord loves he reproves even as a father the son in whom he delights does this, does this work? R- Romans chapter 9. I'm, I'm, I'm rounding, rounding the corner now. Romans chapter 9. You know, God gives us this plan. He says, look, if you want to be aligned with me, these are the things that I need you to do. And you get the wonder to wonder your, in, your, in your mind and to your think to yourself, does this really work? If I get my focus 100% on God, does He really take care of the rest? And the answer is What? So four people (laughs) agree. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) at least we got four. (laughs) Thank you. You get what I'm saying, right? Of course, you know that it works. It's hard to do because of the change. Our Our priorities and and change our mindset, our earthly mindset. We have to be conformed, right? Not to the world, but be transformed and become like Jesus and think like Jesus and want to be like Jesus. You have to want to be like not Mike, but like Jesus. Right? You gotta want, you have to want it to do it. You won't be able to do it if you don't want it. You have to want it to do it. It works. Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let it be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Brotherly love. Well, that's a big one. They love each other like, I mean, I can't even explain their love. What's going on in that place? You got to come see. You know, give them something to want. Make them thirsty, church. Make the world thirsty then they'll drink, right, of the water of Jesus. Make them thirsty, be kind, be gentle, be generous, be loving, be devoted to one another, not lagging, verse 11, behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Someone says, you know, those those people, they pray for their meals in public, they're not afraid in public to to, to say a, a prayer, they're not doing it so you can see. They're praying because they're saying, "God, thank you for this, for this meal. Thank you for the resources you've given me to be able to purchase them. Thank you for the, the, the building itself and for the business. And thank, I'm just so thankful. I just when you when you focus on God, you just there's so much to be thankful about, and for. I don't know. I, I've been in airplanes a lot, and so have you. But every time I'm in one, you know, we go up and then we come down. and I go, wow. For just a little while, we were suspended for hours in the air. And, and God, you, you gave us the knowledge, that, you know, aeronautics. You gave us all this. You kept us safe. And, and the plane landed. And wow, thank you for that. Every, every, for hours. I don't want to just thank you when we land safely. I want to thank you while I'm in the air and just say, "Wow, this is amazing that you you knew you put all this into, into practice when you made the birds. You showed us, you taught us, and 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 when I get in my car and I'm, I'm driving somewhere and and, and you, you know the ability to see and you know and you know being down in Soldana, you know the being able to see the moose, Lord, because they're not very smart. And they just run out in the street and they stand in the street and just being able to thank you for navigation and there's just so much to be thankful for just keep your mind focused on heaven keep your, your life aligned with Jesus do the things that God asks us to do, contributing where are we, verse 13 to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality bless those who persecute you bless and curse not but <laughs> Lord, yeah, but I know. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of, of all men, if possible. So far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. Never take out your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, don't worry about him. <laughs> no, feed your enemy. And if he's thirsty, throw the glass of water in his face. It's not what it says give him something to drink. That's just kindness, right? That, That is just, that is kindness. And when we exemplify acts of godliness in a kind way, it says, you will heap burning coals of fire upon his head, their head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Just be kind. That's one of the things that we can do with our spiritual goal of life. Of 2024, I, I want to be kinder in 2024 than I was in 2023. I want, I want my life aligned with, with Jesus. We're closing in Hebrews chapter 6. I want my mind and my heart aligned with Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I want to love Jesus. I want to honor Jesus. And I want my focus to be on Jesus and on heaven. And I want to be like the heroes of faith. And I want to seek. And I want, and I want, and I want. Okay, but now we have to do. Now we have to do. Someone said, well, preacher... I mean, literally, someone said this to me not long ago. Rome wasn't built in a day. I said, well, you're right. But Rome was built. Right? you got to start somewhere. I'm not going to tell you how much to do in one day, but I'll tell you what, it's time to get busy, church. It is time to get busy We must gain a clear picture of our ultimate destination and, and use God's roadmap to get there. You you can't you cannot get there with your own roadmap. It's gotta be the Lord's. And in Hebrews six in verse nine. But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. And things that accompany salvation Though we are speaking in this way, you've got to go back and grab the context. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name. Notice what, what happens. When you're, when you're acting the way God wants you to, you're, you're doing things in, 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 not only in his name, but you're showing the, the greatness of God to a lost and dying world. And then God says, I will not forget your work. And having ministered and still ministering to the saints, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, that you may, be, may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise, the goal. This morning the lesson is yours and I pray, I hope something is said, just encourage you to keep that, that, that eternal perspective and, and to keep that spiritual alignment and to set spiritual goals and make sure they are according to what God or what thus saith the Lord. If we can help with any way, in any way with that, you can let us know. We'll pray with you, pray for you. If there's something we can do for you, you can write us, you can call us through the week. We can call each other and talk to each other. If this morning you've not surrendered to Christ, that's the number one thing right there. The very start of your relationship with the Lord is to surrender to Him. And we do that in the waters of baptism. This morning, the opportunity is yours to surrender to God in the waters of baptism if you have not. The lesson is yours. God bless you. Please come and we can help while together we stand.